Cypress Creek Church. Focus! Focus! Amen, 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 amen. Man, all right. Can we settle in? Let me pray. And then let's dive into what God's got for us. It has been an amazing weekend. Father God, we thank you uh, for what you did. God, your spirit moved. You did God things outside and bigger than ourselves. Man, you used imperfect people um, to, to do amazing, amazing, amazing things. And we praise you for that. May your spirit speak this morning in truth and in power. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, all right. I like the energy, man. Y'all are alive this morning. It's good. I thought y'all be asleep uh, from no sleep. Uh, man, God made it work. Church, thank you. Thank you so, 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 so much. It took an army to put this event on. So what I want to do is if you served this weekend in any capacity, prayed, gave, drove, provided meals, small group leader, worship, anything that had to do with focus. Will you please stand up? Man, you guys are more valuable than gold because uh, God knows I cannot do this by myself. This is something that God has been doing for a long time that I got to inherit, and he makes it work. The community got involved, people outside of our church. Man, it was amazing. Um, the school district, praise God. Recreation was at Texan Stadium, and they let us use that space for free to love on kids. It was amazing, 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 amazing. Um, Guys, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with thankfulness and awe of what God's doing and the chaos. The part in the Bible where it says man doesn't live on bread alone, uh, you can also put sleep in there and sanity and a lot of other things because uh, running on seven hours of sleep for the weekend, Red Bull, and most importantly, Jesus. So he makes it work. He makes it work. So if you haven't caught on yet, this weekend was amazing. Students are awesome. Our theme for the weekend was made new. And where we came from all weekend long was Revelation 21.5. And John says this, he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend just a little bit of time praying or reading through some verses around that. But when that was, was given to, to myself and, and, and our leadership team that was helping pray and put this thing together, um, my first initial thought was, okay, God, um, revelation for a student event. Uh, all right, because I'm not a revelation expert. There's a lot in this book that I cannot fathom and fully understand. I trust God's word. It is true. It is perfect. It is powerful. And so we started there and then we dove into the gospel of Luke. So before we get to Luke, Revelation 21, starting in verse three says this, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as, as their God. 
He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I'm making all things new. Amen? Amen? Come on, y'all wake up. There we go, there we go, there we go. All right. Also he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. And God showed up this weekend and did every piece of that in the hearts of students, adults, people in our community. God made it work. God's spirit dwelled with us this weekend. Students gave their lives to Jesus for the first time. Students are gonna be baptized this morning. Students are being renewed. Yeah, relationships are being mended. God is making it work. God is making it work. He wiped away tears. He is still gonna do these things, right? And he is seated on the throne. Because at the end of the day, focus is so much bigger than us, as Cypress Creek Church, Wimberley Community, myself, because God makes it work. And he is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And even though we may have not handled and nailed everything perfectly, God was not caught off guard or surprised. He made it work. In the middle of chaos, he made it work. Our registration team, man, kids show up at the door with just showing up and we make it work, we accommodate. And there was a lot of bend and a lot of flex and our host homes were packed this weekend and God did God-like things. And so with being made new, what we did this weekend is we dove into the story of Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, right? Because revelation is great, but I'm a really, I mean, I'm a simple-minded, practical individual. And so what I was praying, I was asking God, I was like, okay, God, give us something that we can give day-to-day life application guide to students. And we found that in the story of Zacchaeus. And so we're gonna walk through three things this morning on the process being made new, all right? So being made new, one is this, it starts with brokenness. Luke 19, verses one through four says this, he, he is Jesus, right? He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not see because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. My first question when I looked at those four verses, is why in the world would a grown man climb a tree just to see an individual? Why? It doesn't make sense. I, I don't know about you guys, maybe the, the heavier guys in the room can, can agree with me. My tree climbing days are over, right? <laughs> Have y'all seen like the size of some of these limbs, like these trees, like, even in my front yard, they hold a swing for my kid? Uh-uh, not testing it. All right, not doing it. My tree climbing days are done. And all I could fathom and wrap my head around is there had to be an extreme amount of brokenness 
and tarnished inside of Zacchaeus. That's the only thing that makes sense. He was a man of wealth. He was a man of power. People feared him, and yet he was at rock bottom. And brokenness looks different on different people. For some, you can see it. You can see drugs. You can see alcohol abuse. You can see divorce. You can see, you can see, you can see. But for some others, that brokenness is internal because they have all that the world gives, gives to offer. They have all of those things and are still empty inside. Tom Brady, I loathe him. I know we shouldn't hate people as Christians. From a sports fan, I, I can't stand Tom Brady. Um, Dallas Cowboys, uh, Troy Aikman. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is about, about 10 years ago, they did an interview with Tom Brady and this is before, he was already a, a multi-time Super Bowl winner. And they sat down, and I'll never forget this. I believe I was a senior in high school or a freshman in college. And in this interview, they asked him, right, how it felt to be a multi-Super Bowl champion and, and where he was at. And look, billionaire married to a supermodel, beautiful kids, has more money than he knows what to do with. I mean, the guy's handing out Bitcoins because he's just unretired and, and I don't understand cryptocurrency, but that's okay. Like has everything, everything that the world could offer. And in this interview, he sat down, he said, look, I have a beautiful wife and a beautiful kid, kids. I've got multiple Super Bowls, but I still feel like something's missing. He's got everything. Guys, I would say that some people, like, you know, would be more drawn to Tom Brady than the president, regardless of who it is. He's got everything. He is not even a phone call away of, of pulling any strings to make things happen. People do that for him. But something was still missing. So what Zacchaeus modeled is that the world's riches do not meet what God was, was meant to fill. We are created in God's image because that is how God made us. And then thank God that image is not physically. God is not a six foot four, 250 plus 30 year old dad, right? That's not who God is, but on the inside, we are created in his image. And Zacchaeus found that there is a void that only Jesus can fill, not the world. And then we see the next step of what Zacchaeus did in the next couple of verses. So the second part, being made new, it starts with brokenness and then it leads to an encounter with Jesus. Luke 19, five through seven says this. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and he came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He, was, he has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Thank God, Jesus and Christ followers are meant to hang out with sinners. But I wanna share a really simple and bold truth. The world does not rejoice when Jesus wins because it sheds light on more inward brokenness that is a spiritual thing that our mental human minds and capacities can, can understand. The world does not rejoice when Jesus wins. But that didn't deflect or deter from anything. That encounter with Jesus, man, all Zacchaeus did was show up. It, it was in his hometown. Like he didn't have to go out of his way. He showed up, all he wanted to do was lay his eyes on him. And the beauty of the gospel is this morning, 
is that the news is this. The gospel is great, 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 great news. But before it's great, it has to be devastating. Farther than anything we can wrap our minds around because the truth is before an encounter with Jesus, we are all destined for hell and condemnation and separation from our Father. And even though, look, Revelation, it might not be literal flames, it might not be literal darkness and gnashing of teeth, and if it's something else, man, it doesn't sound like church camp. And if you've ever been to church camp with sixth graders, church camp can can be an amazing thing, but it can be challenging. But man, like, when it comes to that death and separation, that brokenness, the beauty of the gospel is that when an encounter with Jesus takes place, it is renewed on a dime. But my inner Texan is, my inner East Texan is gonna come out. We ain't done yet. God ain't done yet. A few years ago, I I got the opportunity to step in the role as a student pastor at First Baptist Center, Texas. And we walked into a really difficult situation with some students that had experienced a huge loss. There was a man by the name of Mr. Greer. Man, and he was like retired, grandpa figure, just wanted to love on kids. He chaplained sports teams. He served. He would hang out with students on the weekends. He would baptize students. And every time he would baptize multiple students on a Sunday morning, each one, he'd say, we ain't done yet. We ain't done yet. We ain't done yet. And however many, I was not there for those. I've heard stories. But we ain't done yet. And that man was taken to be with the Lord with a very unexpected heart attack. And students were devastated. A crater was left. In his memorial and on his gravestone, on everything, we ain't done yet. God ain't done yet. This morning, this weekend, as students have come to know Jesus, as we're gonna celebrate baptisms, God ain't done yet. That's just the encounter. But there's more to the story. There's so much more to the story. We ain't done yet. That is a starting point in the name of Jesus. Baptism is a huge step But if that's where it ends, we miss Jesus. We miss the truth of the gospel. God's gonna continue to do things. And God continues to make all things new. And I don't think it's by accident. I know it's not by accident. In the gospel of Luke, what we will see as we get into our third point is when we have an encounter with Jesus, we have free will to have one of two responses. And it's pretty simple. Zacchaeus responded by stepping in obedience and beginning to follow Jesus. In Luke 18, rich young ruler, very similar in nature and person and power, money, said he couldn't do it. He couldn't give it up. He couldn't give it up. And he walked away because it said he had great wealth. And the truth is there's a lot on the ongoing life of Zacchaeus that we don't know. We don't know, but we do know this. Being made new starts with brokenness leads to an encounter with Jesus, and is finally, it is obtained by dwelling. Luke 19, eight through 10, wrapping up the story of Zacchaeus, says this, and Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I shall restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save 
the lost. Look, we don't know the ongoing story of Zacchaeus, but we know what God does in people who are made new and the continuous work that happens. And if Zacchaeus, man, followed through in obedience in the Lord and he gave money that he defrauded and he gave half of his stuff to the poor, it sounds like to me he would not have obtained and stayed in the lifestyle he was in and the pleasures that the world brought. We don't know if he kept his big fancy house. We don't know. He could have been homeless for the rest of his life. We don't know. But what we do know is that the God of the universe and the God that showed up this weekend meets every single one of our needs and beyond. His cup does not get empty. My Red Bull's emptied out a few times this weekend and I would need another one. God does not empty. He is amazingly steadfast and he gives us everything we need to handle difficult situations. Can it be very, very difficult? Yes. Can life be hard? Yes. Because just as real as God is, Satan is just as real. And we know that he's got dominion over the earth, but God is greater. God is greater. And God is bigger than those things. Yeah, it may take a long time. I've got a cousin that has made poor, 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 poor decisions it would drug use and ruin multiple families that, you know, look, God, God, if he is sealed and if the decision he made is real, if he wanders, God's gonna bring him back. Scripture attests, attests to that. We can wander, but God always brings it back. And I don't know why, I don't know how, I don't have all of the answers but I know that God is faithful and able and some things, some storms in life and difficult things are a long road to hope. But God is greater. And so Zacchaeus stepped into that obedience. And so here's the thing, dad's in the room. I want us to look at this example in a different light than students and moms. Because Jesus started with Zacchaeus and because as a dad, because of his obedience and his stepping out and him modeling this being made new, Jesus says salvation has come to his home. Guys, that's huge. Parents, I'm not a student ministry expert. I am not perfect by any means. And I have chaos in my own life. But I do know this, is that you as a parent, you as a father, are the number one discipler in your student's life, in your child's life, no matter how old. And by that, I mean, when I say disciple, is you are gonna model drawing closer to Jesus or drifting further away. And it trickles down in the home from the top down. There are positions and things that God has given men as fathers and as husbands and roles to fulfill that only we can do because that was God's design. We weren't designed to be mothers. My wife is a great mom, and I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and I do not manage chaos well, right? My wife is way more patient, okay? We are, our boys, man, one can barely communicate, the other one, oh man, God bless his soul, he's, he's just like his daddy. Um, but literally, we are one Lego away being put in the wrong hand, and someone's getting bit right? And dad is like grabbing shirt collars and pulling them away. And like the mom comes in and picks up the pieces because dad is harsh and I'm quick and I'm swift. And then I'm like, oh gosh, I'm ruining my kids. All right. Christmas break. Okay. Christmas break. Dad of the year. 
I'll, I'll boast on this. Dad on the ear, right? I, I got up with Noah. I made breakfast, did the thing, and I fell asleep on the couch. And my four-year-old was kind of running around, whatever. He starts doing somersaults on her couch. And homeboy tumbles over in his temple, catch, or his heel catches me in the temple. And I, I mean, you would have thought a grown man broke into my house. And I, like, I jumped up and I grabbed him. I was like, no, we don't do that. You know we don't do that. And like, I mean, the sheer terror. I told Sean Stover, I was like, man, my kid, when he's grown, they're not going to have couches in his house. Because it's it, like, we need some counseling. So uh, Sean, 16 years from now, what are you doing? Uh, my kid needs help. His dad's a mess. Um, look, but once, once things kind of settled down, like... 31-year-old man, I apologized to my four-year-old. I repented to my four-year-old. Parents, dads, look, these students don't need perfection modeled in their home. They need the reality of messiness and what God is doing and being made new. They don't need, uh, this is gonna be over y'all's heads, they, don't need, they do not need a leave it to beaver model in front of them. Where mom and dad are perfect, and everything's sunshine and rainbows, and parents don't argue, it's okay if they see that. What is the most important thing is that they see repentance and reconciliation model, because that is being made new. That is what Jesus models for us. And I'm not perfect at that either, okay? There are sometimes like, I can be a jerk to my wife, and I'm just like, I'm just not gonna apologize. I apologize all the time. No, no, it's her turn. She can apologize. And I'm red bearded and stubborn. She's redheaded and goes to the bone and it works. God makes it work. God makes it work. Amen? Amen. All right? <laughs> it's true. It's true. But God makes it work, guys. Students don't need perfection. Students don't need perfection. They need models of reconciliation and repentance. And so dads, my challenge to you, maybe your kid is a complete mess and they are making poor decisions, and they have free will, and they do have to take self-ownership and responsibility of decisions, but maybe, just maybe, God is trying to reach you through your kid. And when you step out in faith and model this being made new and following Jesus in obedience, maybe, just maybe, in the name of Jesus, salvation comes to your house. Man, that's what it's about. We're imperfect. Imperfect. Perfect. So with that, man, dwelling with God, spending that time, that is crucial. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So in my finite um, mind in human nature, I, again, I am a really... Like, you know, give me direct application. Give me a real life example. So in closing this morning, what I want to do is I want to share a personal story of, of, of me being made new. I, I accepted Jesus when I was, you know, in seventh grade. I was baptized and, and all of those things. My heart was sealed. When my student pastor left, we were extremely tight. My family, we put the fun and dysfunctional. Mom and dad fought all the time. Me and my sister, it was like throwing two wet cats in a paper bag. That's another East Texanism for you. It's, it, it, was, it, was, it was rough, right? And in that, the world became too great for me to handle and where I was developed at that point. And I began to run in rebellion. God had already begun to call me to ministry, to call me to great, something greater. And it was like, nah, dude, I love sports. 
I'm gonna go to this junior college, crank it out because it's cheap, and then I'm gonna go uh, to UT, I'm gonna study to be a high school football coach because that's what I wanna do. Like, God, your plan is your plan, but, but I'm gonna do me. And in doing that, guys, I made some really, really poor decisions, and I found myself in a place of fraternity lifestyle, rebellion, freshman in college, and I was making some really poor decisions. And one spring break, I went down. This is an image of, of Coca-Cola Beach. This is like straight, something out of like an MTV spinoff movie. Coca-Cola Beach in South Padre. It is, I was in the middle of that, in rebellion, running from God, debauchery, all the sinful things. Those of you who know what's here, you know what's here. That was me. And within a year's time, within that year, my parents got divorced, all heck broke loose, and I finally got to a place where that inner brokenness, I just couldn't do it anymore. I had to, I had to re-surrender, right? I had to say, okay, God, you're already in me, but your plan is greater. And so my next step of being made new, I wound up going to a Baptist university instead of UT. I wound up becoming a religion major, seized to get degrees, amen? I was really good at college, wasn't so good at class, right? But God made it work, amen. But my time there, when I first stepped on campus, it was in the spring of 2011. And when I first stepped on that campus, guys, like I was lonely. Me and my family, my family had split. My mom was in Dallas. My, my dad was, was doing his thing. And I, like my friend group at that point, when I stepped on campus, like me and Jesus were good, but I wasn't fully sanctified yet, if you, if you understand what I'm saying, right? Like, okay, all my friends were still lost. So like, I love Jesus and I was ready, but I was still making some poor decisions. I love Jesus, I still cuss too much. I love Jesus, I, you know, I was, I was still a mess. I was still a mess. And man, like two months after I stepped foot on that campus, there's this thing called beach reach. And God brought this memory to me through this week, through a leader that's here that looks just like somebody I served with, Zach. Uh, I was like, yo, dude, have you done beach reach? He's like, yeah. I was like, I think we were there at the same time. He's like, no, nah, dude, you're 10, 12 years older than me. We weren't there at the same time. I was like, I swear you, like, I know your doppelganger. He's out there somewhere. But man, like God, God began to stir this memory in my heart of my own story of being made new. And so in this mission trip, I had done service project mission trips, just like these students knocked out of the park in high school. This mission trip is all about, man, engaging a dark, dark, dark place, a dark place. And what we do is, man, we load up different Baptist student ministries, different college organizations across the state and nation, come to Alabama and they come to Texas. And what we do is we deck out, you know, big Baptist university van and we deck it out. And what we did, man, is we just loved on those who were hurting and those who were broken. And there was a hub at a Baptist church there on the island. And we gave rides all weekend to drunk college kids. And we didn't care where they were going. If you're club hopping, as long as you're not driving, we're good. And so what we did is we would have a driver, a co-leader, and then in each row of that van, there would be a college student here with Beatreach. And we'd be sitting there and people would pile in and there was somebody waiting just to share the gospel. Man, and God did some awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. And so uh, within a year gap, I went from being there as a college student, I didn't even know what Beach Reach was, partying, doing the whole thing, to this at the same spot within a year. God's ordination, no plans. And students, y'all will recognize this guy in the blue shirt. That's Matt Armendariz. 
He was our weekend speaker. Him and I have been friends for a long time. We've done ministry together. Man, that God has used that dude. I'm responsible for his marriage. That's a story for a different time. I just gassed him up. I was like, hey, you can ask her. You can ask her. You got this. And he's like, okay, I got this. And, and now, you know, they, they're married and have a beautiful baby. He didn't even the baby after me, but that's okay. Um, but man, like what happened here was so much greater, just like Focus Weekend than ourselves. And in that, man, those memories and those faces, people I haven't talked to in years or seen, and some of them I don't know where they are. But God used imperfect college students who don't have it all together, man, to do some amazing, amazing work. We would post up in a parking lot outside of a club in the middle of the island and serve pancakes at 2 a.m. Like, yo, homie, you've been drinking too much. Have some carbs. Like, all right, go so up, let us love you like Jesus. I carried one D1 football player, he played for Texas Tech. I'd like throw him on my shoulders. I carried him upstairs and dumped him into his hotel room, shut the door and left. Like that kind of stuff, man, we just love people. It didn't matter where they were going. We just wanted to serve and love, try to keep people safe. And in that, man, like what is so cool is God would use people like me that were continuously being made new, our minds were being made new. And he used us by God's grace to engage students, and so can we flip back to the, to the other picture? There would be students here in this mess that would show up with one agenda on their mind. And most of the time it's, it's escaping pain that they don't know about and they don't understand. They would show up for that, man, and there would be hundreds of people that would give their life to Jesus in a van, would leave their hotel rooms and their friends and start staying with us and helping us. We baptized them on the beach at the end of the weekend is amazing. Somebody going to spring break. I, I talked to somebody this morning. You talk about a God story. I mean, like he was there as a spring breaker and God used beach reach to reach him. And now he's in Wimberley. They were a host home this weekend from what God did here, being made new. I don't, I don't have all of the answers. I don't know. But what I do know is this, is that God is greater. And my mind is constantly being, being made new. I, I don't understand where God orchestrates and gives lives. I don't understand why my wife and I experienced a miscarriage and people who don't, we're not perfect. That's not for me to have those answers, but I do trust in the Lord. And I know that he's got it. And my mind still has to be made new. When I went through that, I was a student pastor, guys. And I didn't want to be on stage talking about God's goodness and his love. Cause in the moment it's like, dude, like this sucks, but it's okay because he who is greater is greater, guys. And God used uh, like that dude with the sunglasses and me. I was a mess, I'm still a mess. But God makes it work. God makes it work. And so in the name of Jesus, there is still a chance to be made new. We ain't done yet. Baptisms are about to take place. There's gonna be dads baptizing kids. There's gonna be leaders baptizing kids. It, God, God's gonna do some amazing things. But maybe you as an adult, you're at that point. And if you wanna give your life to Jesus, man, like there's a gap back here. We got leaders all over the place. Find somebody, we'll baptize you this morning. You can ride home wet, you'll be okay. You'll be okay, the seats will dry out. Roll the windows down, it's a beautiful day, okay? And then if it doesn't, you know, if you need it detailed, you can put the tab on Jose. Yeah, yeah, lead pastor, stepping up. Look, God's, God ain't done yet, we ain't done yet. And it was an amazing, amazing weekend and I can't express enough thankfulness, but God makes it work. And there are greater things in store than what we can wrap our minds around. Let's pray 
close out in worship and jump into baptisms. Father, man, you are so good and you are so powerful and you are so true. And God, I know I'm not perfect. I, I don't handle all situations perfect. I'm learning and growing. But I know like even those mistakes that I make, whether it's with students or parents or whatever else, God, that you are greater, you fill in the gap. We're not made new by us. God, we're made new by you and the truth and the power of your spirit. Do something amazing. Man, touch some dad's hearts. May salvation come to their home today. Today, in the name of Jesus. Because they simply want to have an encounter and begin to dwell. I promise you. In the name of Jesus, there's somebody that will help you with those next steps. All it takes is that first of obedience. I thank you for what you've done.